Hi, my name is Sean Shaler. That's my friend Chris Ford, a.k.a. The Objective Geek of YouTube and Twitter semi-fame. And we are broadcasting today in style. Wait, no, the other one. In comfort, not in style. Uh, well, you know what? It, it's fine. We look comfortable. Style and comfort. Those were the the hallmark shoes of Payless. Style and comfort. <laughs> I just always think casual when I think of Payless. I just, I mean, that is styling. That's the, that's the crossroads is casuals. But um, I don't know why we were just talking about this. I don't know why more people don't podcast like this. So if we listen to this or other people listen to this and say, you guys sounded horrible, I guess we'll know. But at this time, I noticed no difference whatsoever in our recording audio. And I feel great. Yes, well, I'm in a recliner because I'm in the middle of getting my house ready to sell. And so I took down like 99% of all my collectibles and stuff. And my shelves are still up, but there's really nothing on the shelves. And I just happened to have this recliner down here and saw you in the recliner. And I thought maybe I should sit in my recliner as well. Have a very reclined podcast episode because I do love this recliner. I got it from Big Lots. I think it was maybe $200. Is it Ashley Furniture? Um, I don't know. Oh. Just maybe. Um, <laughs> I do think it's not ironic. That's I know. I know. I overuse that word, and I don't use it right. But it's weird coincidence that uh, I I like go through all the trouble of like I have nerd shelves behind me finally, and then you move to a recliner with a blank wall. <laughs> yeah. The first time, one of these times, our shelves will be in the same podcast at the same time, and all the audio listeners will be like, I bet that's nice. <laughs> it's a small Sounds percentage. Nice. The majority of our listeners absolutely still are coming through YouTube, but there's like 10 people out there that would be like, I'm so happy for them. <laughs> I will probably have a bear set up for the next month and a half. And probably this month, because when I... Right when I move in, I'll probably be like, all right, priority number one, get my collectibles back up. <laughs> Children? Nah. nah. Collectibles. They don't need rooms. They can sleep on the floor. They're kids. Painting rooms and repaint it? Nah. Get the collectibles up. Kids can sleep anywhere. Trust me. But you don't have to trust me. I don't have kids. You have kids. You know. <laughs> they go I... to sleep on the stairs sometimes. <laughs> I thought you were joking, and now I realize you're not joking. Kids actually fall asleep on stairs. I My stairs were, when I was growing up, my stairs were, it's an old house, so they're like attic stairs. And you know how attic stairs are like steeper and narrower than regular stairs? So I could not have fallen asleep on those stairs. It would have been ergonomically just terrible and probably unsafe. But I want to segue off that, too, to say that we don't really have a schedule for the next coming weeks, but we know that we're dealing with holidays and moves and we're we'll do the best we can i i feel comfortable saying that one or the other of us will get something up every week it may not be totally normal but something i feel like if i don't put something out there for a full week people will just leave be like no i'm done they had their week (laughs) they broke the habit it builds so much longer to build a habit than it takes to break it so that's uh, true. And what, wait, what, what is it like 14 days to build a habit or something like that? I was thinking it was like 30 days. You might, I, mean, yeah, I don't know if it's that long. Uh, it takes a long time to build a habit, but if you skip our podcast <laughs> one week and then it's the holidays and then you get busy and stuff too, right? I, I say you, not you specifically, Chris, but you as in the <laughs> listeners, 
You skip it one week, and then holidays come up, and then pretty soon it's January, and you're like, I don't need those guys in my life. And that would hurt me. That would cut me more than you know. (laughs) So we will put, one of the other of us will put something ATLP-related up every week. It just may not look that normal. So, yeah, that's my segue. I hope your move's going well. Uh, Yeah, my house isn't on the market yet, but uh, it will soon. And then uh, once it all gets straightened out, it will probably be stressful time, but uh, I handle stress pretty well because when you feel like stress relative to other people's stress. I am stressed when other people are stressed. It doesn't even matter what's going on in my life. It's like my stress is directly related to everything around me, everyone around me. Maybe that's normal, though. But, no. um, yeah, well, eventually you'll be moved. You have a, a hopefully a nice, awesome uh, nerd space. And we'll both have shelves and we'll look really official and it'll be great. I look forward to that. I do too. I look forward to uh, Nerd Cave and then COVID kind of going away so that we can do this Batman trilogy that I promised without your supervision. Yes. I, uh, I, oh, also, I so I just, watched, <laughs> I just watched the last episode that I was not on. Um, real quick, you said Bolin was funnier than Sokka. That was the one thing you said that I thought was uh, interesting. I'm going to vehemently disagree with that because Sokka sometimes tries I tries like, really hard to be funny. Bolin is oh, sort of like, more unintentionally funny, but he is funnier in my heart. Okay, so there might be an interesting dichotomy here. I think the writers of Bolin try really hard for Bolin to be funny, and maybe Bolin doesn't seem to try that hard. While Sokka, to me, the writing is is uh it's is so good it just came so natural and Sokka does try a little harder to be funny but to me it, it works better also Bolin to me is more annoying sometimes maybe that funniness gets in the way and um like especially during season two which we'll get to season two um because season two has a couple of different issues so one of my biggest issues with it is that um, I feel like some characters, um, the writing of their of the characters are, are sort of betrayed. Like, Bolin doesn't have Michael's back, but he kind of, like, laughs it off and makes jokes and, and stuff and goes off and does his mover thing, which that makes his comedy less funny to me because it comes in direct contrast to him uh, and that brother relationship he has with Mako. But Sokka, I, I'm taking Sokka all day when it comes to funny against Bolin. I have a hard time arguing with that because I don't remember season two well enough, but as I have now watched through all of season one again, and and Bolin makes me laugh so, uh, I want to say, like, unconsciously for him. Like, he's not doing bad puns or terrible pickup lines or even, like, the the chauvinism comedy. It's still funny. Uh, I laugh at it. But it's kind of like, it's like low-hanging fruit as far as comedy goes in in my books. So thankfully, Sokka grows out of that. Over time, but Bolin's it just makes me do it, even if it doesn't mean to. Yeah, I will say this: the voice actor for Bolin, PJ Brian, I think is his name. Um, he is a much more comedic person, and honestly, a lot of Brian Konietzko has all has said plenty of times that his favorite. Like he loves all the voice actors equally. You know how the, the typical parent. Uh, answer yeah, yeah. <laughs> but he says like I mean, he it's, loves it's a lie but... he, 
<laughs> so he he enjoyed working with PJ Bryan the most because um, because he would like improv a lot of different lines and like whenever he would write lines he would just always have PJ in mind and I'm pretty sure he didn't get that same sense when with Jack Dasana the voice actor for Sokka he doesn't seem as naturally funny as the voice actor for Bolin PJ Bryan that's fair. It'll be interesting to revisit after we get through all these seasons and get to like factor in character growth and stuff. Uh, because I think Sokka maybe over time gets more organically funny, even if it's fewer and farther between. But like I said, you get away from kind of the low hanging fruit, bad pun, chauvinism comedy and into a little bit better stuff over time. So we'll wait character growth and, and progression. What was the other? I, th- I said the other thing I was kind of proud of and I don't remember what it was. Let me think, let me think, let me think. Uh, I believe you said that something about Legend of Korra. Oh, you said Legend of Korra. Some of the backlash against it, I'm paraphrasing you here, might be because it's too real and people don't like to see their real issues kind of put up, I guess, in their face. And, and, some of that sense. Yeah, I think Which I don't is, disagree and, inherently with that. So. Well, even me too, and I didn't figure, but even me too, I sit to think of myself like if, if there's reasons that I would watch the first over the second right now, just based on what I've seen and remember, um, as I said, some of it is like, hey, these issues are like real, real. And I already like read scary news and stuff every day. <laughs> I would rather not deal with that. Nah. But uh, but it that's probably part of its unfair treatment sometimes as people... Uh, maybe holding that against the show and it maybe shouldn't be. Yeah. I, I vaguely remember having that conversation out loud with myself. It got crazy in here last week, <laughs> but that was last week. This is this week. It's a new week. And this week we're bringing you when extremes meet. Speaking of real issues this is book one air chapter eight of legend of Korra. It's called when extremes meet. And just like a real recap, because it's been a few weeks since we've had a normal episode at the end of the last episode um, was called The Aftermath. And was at the end of that one where Asami uh, found out that her dad was working for the Equalists and then she like put on yep. the glove at the very end and zapped him. And it was a huge yep. dramatic turning point. And so this is I the like Aftermath. I watched that eight weeks aftermath. ago. It does feel like <laughs> a long time. But yeah, we're back with uh, When Extremes Meet. But I guess, you know, I was very rude of me. I just, like, jumped in the episode, and I didn't even ask you, like, how your day was no. or your week was or anything. Chris, what else would you like to talk about before I rudely guide the conversation? I, I've just been been working, been working on a house, you know, stuff like that. I, I'm, I can't wait to get back in to doing more videos. Uh, probably a while before that happens. Um, one of my videos got got shared on like a clip of it got shared on Twitter. Um, Fran from healthy was a friend YouTube channel. Uh, um, she, she saw the tweet. She was like, a bitch geek. Is this you? And I watched the video and it was a clip of Mike and Brian saying who to win versus Korra and Asami. Not Korra and Asami. <laughs> they both win in that case. Uh, between Korra <laughs> and, <laughs> and Aang. Um, <laughs> That's great. <laughs> um, and, uh, yeah, it was, it was the clip that I pulled from someone else's Comic-Con recording that they did. No, it wasn't a Comic-Con recording. It was a recording of a, like a book signing at a Barnes & Noble. Um, but uh, yeah, and then my voice at the end there. It had like a thousand views on this one thing. Because the person was just like, for those who need to know, here's the clip. Mike and Brian saying it. Here's the receipts. 
and then you know hearing my voice on i was like oh yeah i forget that i used to make a lot of videos <laughs> fairly frequently but can't wait to get back to that you your five thousand followers just sitting and waiting almost six now i think i'm just guessing <laughs> yeah no it's almost yeah it's like 5700 i think so just sitting out there waiting waiting their turn not their turn i guess waiting for more videos but but I mean, we got to be honest too. Like moving in in holidays, but then New Year, nothing happens in January. That's good. Uh, maybe basketball will be started up by then. It sounds like, but like nothing, nothing good really happens in January. So be lots of free time. Hopefully, it'll be cozy, and you'll have the opportunity to get back into the into like a video making rhythm. I think so. Yeah, twenty twenty one. It's it's already it's already turning up. Listen, I know things aren't perfect. <laughs> But 2021, it's on the upswing already. Um, I just one real last quick plug. It's probably too late, but uh, if you are watching this like immediately after it gets posted, or uh, the audio only version that goes up on Fridays after we record, usually tomorrow, Saturday, November 14th is my fundraiser day, and so we'll starting from 9 a.m. tomorrow till 9 a.m. Sunday. I will be doing nothing but sitting around and drinking uh, soda and beer and eating snack food and being a horrible human, but also playing video games. And But what happened was that I raised, at this point, I'm at like $1,220 raised. Holy crap, business. Sean. I know. I'm you raised very... a lot since you, the video last week said so you raised 600 So, so one thing, I'm, I'm kind of mad because I feel like the $40 I put, I was like, oh, yeah, this guarantees me that I'm going to win something. <laughs> No, it's no guarantee. You, if you don't mind, send me a receipt because I do not think I saw your do donation. So ironically, maybe I'm using it right. Right now, you can't win anything because you don't have tickets. Show me your receipt. <laughs> you uh, saw my receipt. It's on Vin Venmo. Did I, you, did I you acknowledge You posted something on Facebook, yeah. You're right. You're right. My bad. I'll double check okay. that you got tickets tonight. I panicked. I panicked. Uh, no, last week I shared I was at like six or seven hundred, but then I've been posting more prizes and I put together like a big oh, yeah. article, like I finally finalized uh, details, got a few other very fortunate shares and some total strangers donated. I thought that was pretty cool. Like just people have zero connection with whatsoever. So that's pretty neat. That's great. Yeah. So uh, Harvesters, it's really good. Look it up. I'll put more details in the description, but tomorrow's a big day and I'm very excited. Yes. Chris For anyone I who don't know, Harvesters provides food. To, to those in needy um, and a couple other services. Yeah, I've volunteered for Harvesters several years. Uh, so Sean. Sean's done, I think, a couple other things for him as well. We got to do some day of service days when we back in the day when we worked at Payless. They would let us go to Harvesters on uh, MLK Day. Um, and here, uh, here it's super duper far away. So I haven't gone here and I'm kind of ashamed. But there's one in Topeka, one in Kansas City. I presume most major American cities have one. And obviously, there's a huge need for it right now. So, yeah. Great I feel like the Midwest, I think it's mostly a Midwest thing. Um, okay. But hey, still, don't need some money to it. Huge need right now. Uh, yeah. I did make the mistake of, I apologize if I already told you this story. I may have. But I was talking to somebody, and he's like, oh, yeah, what's Harvesters? Like, I get the idea from the name, but, you know, you know give me some details. And I was like, well, it maybe kind of specializes in, in hungry families um we when i helped we did like a lot of like backpacks for kids after school and things yep. like that and, and he's like yeah it sounds like a great cause it's like it is i hate starving children what i meant to say was i hate to see children starving i do not hate the children themselves 
uh, but it came out wrong. I hate starving children. I only like well-nourished ones. Uh, fun anecdote. But hey, that's tomorrow. I'll post lots of details. And then at some point, uh, Chris and I, if we can coordinate and make it work, we are going to live stream or at least attempt to live stream some some Smash Bros onto our Facebook uh, onto our Facebook page. So if you're one of like the 10 people that gets notifications for that, it'll pop up when it happens. It'll be very exciting. Yeah, so live stream, correct me if I'm wrong, Sean, it won't be on on my channel, but it'll just be through Facebook? It'll just be through the Facebook page. I might record okay. it separately, and then I can give it to you to offer to put it on or offer to put it on your YouTube channel for you, uh, you know, if it records right and everything. Like, I can stream it and record it separately, um, and then I can put it up on the channel if you just want generic gameplay up on your channel. I can say from experience, most people don't really watch just generic gameplays on YouTube, but, I'm, you know, it can yeah. go up there. Um, but the whole live stream, actually, the whole day is technically running through the last podcaster's channel because it really wanted to yes. be associated. The live video wanted to be associated with a page, not an event, which I have an event set up. So um, I'm going to contact Brian Konietzko, see if he can sponsor us. That would be fantastic. You know, he could like the tweet and then not do anything else, and I'd still be really happy. He's not on Twitter. He's just on uh, <laughs> Well, Instagram. that'd be especially happy. He'd go out of his way to get Twitter just to like that tweet. <laughs> be impressive um yeah, very excited but not as excited as i am to talk about this uh well that's not true i'm way more excited for tomorrow but this is a great episode and i don't want to sell it short and i'm really excited to talk about this episode chris you want to walk us through when extremes oh right uh, uh first of all we start off i know it's not on your notes here first of all we start off uh mako bolin and asami Go to Air Temple Island, and Milo has some pretty comedic moments here, especially with him. Like <laughs> he sees a sign, he's like, "You're pretty. Can I have your hair?" And it's <laughs> it's weird, Milo. <laughs> like he's got um, his hand out and everything's kind. Yes, and I feel like he does a grabbing motion. He does. Is even he definitely weirder. does. Yeah. <laughs> Later, he farts on uh, people, so it's a big Milo episode. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, weird. Yeah, um, weird that they made a cannon that you can air bend farts, but <laughs> it makes sense. Does it he get air bending tattoos for that? It's probably already uh, being invented. If I know air mo- nomads like I know air nomads, True. I bet it's been they, done before. It's been done before. <laughs> you get a bunch of grown guys <laughs> stuck in a temple together with like no women around. You know they had contests to see yeah. who could shoot themselves higher up in the air with a fart. Yeah, Milo like one day goes to his dad, Dad, I want my air opinion tattoos, and then Tenzin just like, No, you don't, son. <laughs> Tenzin just <laughs> rockets into the air. <laughs> <laughs> you wish, kid. Dad used to pull that one on me all the time. Yeah. Um, another moment. <laughs> Sorry, I'm done. Oh, uh, another moment I like is Janora. Um, both Janora, like being the one, show them around, and the Janora Bolin interaction. I think was really good. Just him asking questions really fast and her answering them really fast. Is it all vegan island? Something, 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 yeah. something, something. How is many it, trees? Yeah, is it all vegan island? Do we all get sky bison? How many trees are there? Uh, <laughs> and, and a lot of other stuff. Yes, yes, Gen- no, no. I'm sorry, not Janora. Icky, 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 not yeah. Janora. Yeah. 
I do have a oh, really yeah. harder time oh, remembering yeah, Nike's name for some. We reason. also made a mistake in some of our last uh, videos. <laughs> a lot of people got on to to us about the whole like West and Eastern Air Temple, um, which one it was when we were talking about what happened if Aang didn't, uh, if Aang wasn't frozen in the ice, and then also um, Shu is not the plant bender's name; it's actually who Hugh. But we make we make a uh, little. I'll take the blame for having a washed out map with no titles on it. I'll take the blame for that. But you know what? The temples are not like in the four cardinal directions. It should be like the northeast temple and the northwest <laughs> no, temple. You're, you're, you're true. The north, the, the northern air temple is very west. <laughs> it is not north at all, but it is. I get it. So, but no, I'll take the blame because I just use the map that we use as our background and you can't see anything. Yeah. My bad. Yeah, my bad. All right. But anyway, uh, so another point um, that I cracked up laughing every single time, um, Icky is showing <laughs> Asami and Asami uh, and Korra to Asami's room. And Icky out of nowhere is just like, Asami, do you know that Korra likes Mako? <laughs> and, and Korra... <laughs> That's the whole like dramatic lightning in the background. This episode uh, very had a anime, anime, yeah, like straight. So uh, Milo being kind of goofy, and then these interactions between Icky and and Korra, because later Icky's response when she gets rocked out of the room is very yeah. anime, and, and her eyes thing. glow. It's like <laughs> Icky's crazy, and it's it's a little. I want to say it's a little out of place, but it's very funny. Or at least it caught me off guard, and I laughed really hard. It's a it's a very interesting difference. This episode opens up way different than it ends. It does. <laughs> oh my gosh! Yes, <laughs> it's a sharp turn. It starts off with farts and sort of fourth wall breaking type of things. A little bit. Um, but, but yeah, um, which I do like how Sami reacted to that. That she wasn't like, oh, how dare you? You know come up against my man she was she was she was pretty reasonable i like it when characters act reasonable and yet there's still some drama um i think all the weirdness made me my wife and i started watching scrubs which i maintain i've probably seen most of scrubs throughout the years but we did finally start watching it oh, and some of the, nice. like like the weird uh the weird icky animation and stuff is like it was so there and then gone and fast i was like that's like a scrubs thing right there yeah um, all right, so back to the episode. So, um, Chief Saikon taking over for Lin Beifong because she's like, I gotta uh, take law into my own hands. And so she retired from the police force. Um, but that means Councilman Tarlock has been given like far more power, and he's he's uh, he, he has the police chief under his thumb essentially, and he's pretty much working straight for him answering straight to him, not even the other council members, uh, which makes Tarlock even more of a threat. Um, and, and, and Tarlock and Cora has this conversation beforehand where she's like, I know you're, you know, you're, you're up to something. And he's like, Hey, you can be on my task force, whatever. She's like, I'm not gonna be on your task force. She's like, I don't need you. I'm the avatar. Remember? He's like, no, you're not. One thing, that's a weird statement. Like, no, you're not the Avatar. She is the Avatar. Very literally. Uh, <laughs> yes. 
I mean, he's he's half right. He's like, you're a half-baked avatar. Which it's still an avatar. Still, she's still the avatar. I would eat a um, half-baked cookie. And, or at, at best, she's three-fourths. Although, if she doesn't match the avatar state, that would mess also like a... Uh, Sixteenth. Anyway. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to say she's at least 51% avatar, which in my mind makes her all avatar. She, yeah. At least I mean, she's, greater than, equal to yeah. 51%. She's all avatar no matter what. Just to what degree is she to being a fully realized avatar? I would say she is. I mean, she. So if, if you say 100%, 20% is like each element plus the avatar state, she is. Sissy percent avatar. If 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 it was a pie, you would want the slice of pie that says that Cora is definitely avatar more than you'd want the slice of pie that says she's not. Yeah. It's definitive. Um I'm also really hungry right now. And so that that's sort of weighing on Cora because she's like, man, I'm like like I like some of the emotions she has. I like seeing characters be dynamic and and question themselves even a little bit. Um, like she goes to the like this cliff and she's like crying, and then Mako, Bolin, and Asami like cheer her up. They're like, "Hey, Aang, you know, you're come on." Aang had to learn how to do it, and he was a kid, and he wasn't alone. He had his friends with him, uh, which everyone needs to remember that. <laughs> Not everyone. Some, sometimes people in my corporate Aang video are just like, "Aang never had help." <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, Aang had help all the Aang time. Aang had what to have talking? like the greatest character in the show come help him, and a bad guy turn good to help him. And I love Aang. He had I do. Help. I love Aang too. He but had he, help. He had, he had help. That's Korra also had help. Every Avatar needs help. Everybody in in life needs help. She didn't need help in her first three elements. We'll give you that. That's yeah. She still needed help. I don't know what else to say. <laughs> Um, and uh, and they're like, all right, we're the new team avatar, and I like how they get on, <laughs> they get on um, Naga, and Naga just like, nope, get off of me, I'm not carrying four of you. <laughs> um, so anyway, they they uh, new team avatar has a car, which there are some great action scenes here. They're chasing down some probably some triple threat triads. If I had to, no equalists, they were chasing down some equalists. Um, great action scene there with the car and everything. Like if that was the only action scene in this episode, it would be a pretty good action episode. But that wasn't the only a- uh, action in the episode. Uh, yeah. So they uh, and then they can come in con- conflict with uh, Tarlock, and he's like, "Get out of my way, Cora." Um, and then they meet again. Um, Asami does get give like some glances to Mako as he's like being somewhat friendly with Korra, which is, you know, that's, that's reasonable, right? Your, yeah. your boyfriend. They're, these are young people also, right? I don't yeah. know how old we're talking about, but I presume in the upper teens or low twenties. Uh, Korra 17, Mako and Bolin are probably 17 and 16, but, but guess and Asami is probably about the same age also. I think it's real to how young people would behave. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, so then comes part of the episode where they, they hear like, oh, there's equalists riding or, or something um, or con- conspiring. And they're like, all right, let's go. And they get there. And no, it's not equalists. It's just people because Tarlock cut off their power. Oh, also, he set a curfew just 
for non-benders. So there's non-benders out there and they're peacefully protesting. Uh, if, if this sounds familiar to you. Um, <laughs> you're, this one she you're, gets you're right here. Yeah. There are peaceful protesters protesting that they're not being treated fairly because of their status and and with their power back on and Tarlock is like, no, in fact I'm gonna round you all up, <laughs> even though I'm gonna use some excessive force against you. Um yeah, it's very literal is, uh, ra- very yeah. literal roundup using some barricades. Yeah. <laughs> I I to me it was even so uh you're I'm not trying to take away from your description, which is totally accurate, but you also have to ask yourself, like all their power went out or something like that, right? Did their They purposely turned off their power because it was after curfew. Curfew. So like even even taking it a step further is like, yeah, if my power locks out and I hear a commotion outside, I'm probably going <laughs> to go outside and see what's no, up. That's... No, you're right. Because, <laughs> so yeah, when my power... That's what happens. When my power goes out, I go outside. Is everybody and I'm like, did other out? people's power go out? Yeah. And, and then... I don't know if it's good or bad uh, if yours is the only house on the street where the power went out. That usually sounds weird to me. But if everybody's power is out, and then you're like, okay, it's not just me. But I don't know. I always feel better when everyone's power is out. I'm like, all right, that's... Yeah, that's not just me. It's the city. <laughs> they will fix it. <laughs> right. It's not just my house. Right so, like I said, it's like a step further of craziest. It's not even people peaceful protesting. Tarlock just being an asshole. Yeah. Well, I mean, sorry, uh, that may um, sound like other situations are not asshole, but point is, you, you go outside of your house and your power goes off. Yeah. Um, and I do like how the non-benders are like, look, it's Avatar Korra. And they're like, Avatar Korra, help us. Like, you're our Avatar too. And I do like how Korra's like, I'm going to handle this. Even though she she doesn't find a solution right there, um, but she tries. Um, and then Tarlock ends up rounding up her friends in Asami because... He has, he's within his means to, and he can say Asami is the daughter of a equalist and she's out beyond curfew. Like, it's, it's an example of people in power abusing their power while still technically staying within the limits of their power. They're not overreaching, uh, which is wrong. Which, it, you know, I always, uh, I mean, this is statement said oftentimes, like, might doesn't make right. And it, uh, I, I mean, I think you put it very well. It's like, yeah, it's technically within the confines of what he is able to do. That doesn't still make it okay or even non-abuse. It's still an abuse of that power. Yeah. Especially later when he essentially admits to only doing it, not even for the reasons <laughs> that are stated. Yeah. I'm jumping ahead a little bit. Uh, so then Tenzin and Korra go visit the police station and uh, I love how there's so many like instances of Korra standing up to power to quote unquote powerful male figures and she always does this like chin thing when she <laughs> like she does she grabs her chin <laughs> it's somewhat, somewhat disrespectful <laughs> uh, like imagine someone went up to you and just was like listen here and you're just like what the heck and I think it's quite strong. Like I would think they had a nervous tick or something. I was like, oh, I'm going to cut you slack on this first one, but please don't, please don't do that again. Um, and 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 he pretty much says like, you got to take it up with Councilman Tarlock. So Cora goes home later, and then at night she's like, Noah, I'm going to go 
She wakes up Naga, which Naga looks like he doesn't want to deal with this stuff. I'm really sorry. sorry. I got to step back Naga's for up. one. I got to step back for one comedy. I forgot to interject it. Is that Cora is like, you're the worst. And then she, you know, like tends and likes like, no, no, calm down. It's fine. And, he, and then they turn to leave and he looks back. He's like, you really are the worst. Yeah. For I'm some reason, this moment, I really heard JK Simmons voice in this. Um, I'm, it's so good that they got him for Tenzin. He he makes a great Tenzin, and then he does. I mean, it's not totally uncommon for him to like kind of throw a catch you off guard little line there, but just you know, in the midst of a very serious part and coming from Tenzin, like I laughed pretty hard. Yeah, I'm honestly curious how the heck did they get J.K. Simmons to <laughs> do? To, Maybe he's, he's never, a fan he, of the first one. Hey, I need I need to do some research on this now that I think about it because everyone else, I get it, but. And maybe he was just like in a lull in his career and voice acting was just like, it's, it's, maybe he thought it's, it's, you know, simpler or whatever, but. Uh, maybe he's a fan um, first is my best guess. And I just, I, it's not even a good guess. I just like guessing that because I like to fantasize about it in my head. Like, yeah, all these very famous, powerful, successful people also watch this cartoon like I do. Um, I just, I watched top 10 like cameo or top 10 voice actors you didn't know were an avatar or something a week ago and that's when i asked you if you if we had ever talked about lucius malfoy being commander zhao um, and you said yeah you thought we talked about it so then i went and asked my wife i was like no we didn't chris is so wrong we we didn't and then i went and t- asked my wife i was like hey do you know that lucius malfoy is commander zhao in avatar she's like i don't know who ma- who commander zhao is but i know that <laughs> he's in there and we have had this talk before and i was like shit i'm getting old yeah uh, see, I forgot where we were. Uh, uh, oh yeah, so she goes to, to go in the middle of the night. Yeah, so she goes to confront uh, Tarlock, and and uh, and she ends up like, "Hey, you need to release my friends." And, and he's like, um, "No, you you came here to." It's pretty much like saying, "Hey, you can't use your force." against you know people of, of this city and it's like isn't that what you're gonna do it against me you're gonna come here and use your force to try and get me to release your friends and it's like that's what i respect about you after core which the more i watch legend core the more i listen or i watch or I read like uh kyoshi novels um the more i really love those two avatars because they're so similar to each other and also some of their story elements are similar to each other because i feel like Tarlock is a lot like, um, I think it was his name. Why can't I think of his name? John. Ja- John Zhao? John Zhao? Jan. Jianju. 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 While Jianju yeah. wanted to get Avatar Kyoshi like, on his side because it, that will put him in a more position of power. Like Tarlock is doing that exact same thing. And. Uh, you kind of got that greater good excuse at your back that maybe they're even convinced they're that they are doing or working on behalf of, but mostly just yeah. a power thing. Yeah, that's a good. Call. And then, yeah, and then Cora is pretty much like, no, I'm not working with you. And a lot of people like to get on Cora about this, but this isn't her fault at all. Tarlock's just like, whatever. Now we're gonna fight. <laughs> like I thought you could work with you, and then he just goes to fight her, which is an amazing fight. It breaks out. I have one oh. qualm, and I think you probably have the same qualm. I hope. Why does no, she? Maybe I don't. Why does she punch the icicles? 
she's a waterbender. Just she literally like she goes out of her way to punch these icicles getting thrown at her, and then one cuts her, and I was like, you know that you can just. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. Maybe it's harder to. I don't have the qualm on it. Maybe I just love the 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 bending. It's really um, good animation, it. and it is a really good, like, intriguing fight. But when I saw that, and I've watched it, I watched it twice because I watched it the other day when I thought we were going to record like a month ago, and then I rewatched it today, and it pissed me off equally. Both I was like, why? Why would you punch the ice? You're water bender. And then I also just get mad that if I. Uh, if I had Korra's ability, there's at least two times in this fight where I was like, some real good earthbending, and this would already be over. I think she did that, right? Like, so She did, you know, and it was life. great, but then you just you just trap him in there so that he is immobilized. Like, you just, just I mean, wrap him, you know? She had the fight won, to certain extent. So, she, so she was Charles monologuing. Off. She's monologuing. <laughs> She was kind of mild. She was definitely mild. And then she went to Firebend. No, and do the Aang. When Aang does it to, uh, to what's his name? Uh, God, I can't think of his name. Ozai. <laughs> that, like, he has, like, they can't move their arms. He can't go anywhere. He Like, what is he going to do? Melt I mean, Ozai, Ozai was already defeated, like, at, before that point. Like, him getting up, that was, like, so slow. He was pretty much... Exhausted from the previous battle, that was easy enough. I'm just saying, to, uh... I would use that move a lot, and maybe that's why I would be an airbender, uh, an earthbender, because I'm very boring and I wouldn't have exciting fights. Because my go-to move would be like, I'm gonna trap them, just gonna put them in a house. Yeah. Um, but oh, it's a great fight. So he it starts is. off with the like spear thrown ice type of deal. Cora does a lot of backflips and stuff, fights through it, and then after a while, she's getting like overwhelmed. She's just like. Screw it! I'm gonna just throw this wall behind him, at him, and then yeah, then she unleashes a bunch of fire. She, she throws up a huge wall of earth in front of her, which is uh, mad respect because that's what I want you to do first. <laughs> yeah, but then I do love it when she takes the whole wall behind him and starts like crumbling yes. it in and sweeping him. And yeah, 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 yeah. Bats him off the balcony. Yeah, and then <laughs> and then I like how he's on the balcony. Right, he has his hand. Aang would have reached out a hand. Cora, nope. Just boom. <laughs> You're going to get taken to the floor. And, I, and she didn't stop there. Then she did the whole, like, which is, a, uh, I love this scene. She just, like, jumps. Just It's just a great motion of 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 a fight. And she punches the ground, hits him even more. And I love how she's like, am I a half-baked avatar now? <laughs> so... I, you know, I love Cora's character development throughout the show, right? She becomes so humble and everything, but I often miss that I'm going to talk trash to you, Cora. Like, I'm going to beat you up bad, Cora. <laughs> I, I, I wish she would just get a little bit more of that back. I, I mean, like I said, I love her character development. It, it's so great, but I, I do miss it, that. But, but lock spunky... him up first. <laughs> Incapacitate first and then talk right. trash. I need the trash talk in my life because she... I want a snarky avatar. Lock him up first, Cora. She had the fight won, you know. At, at certain, well, I won't say she had. She didn't win the fight, but she had the fight won. Um, but you then, know, you know. it would have been great for a comedy moment, and not this good moment for comedy. Is like, yeah, when he's hanging there, and she goes to reach out a hand, like like a wave of anger comes over her, and she reaches, and then she just grabs it and throws him off, or something like that. that would be great. <laughs> yeah. a little out of character to go that far, but yeah. Um. You're, you're right. Then, I want more snarky Cora 
avid like I want her to, to stick into that character, but we can no. we can commiserate more over that as we go. Uh, and, then, and then she's like, "Wait, you're a bloodbender?" But no, she's like, "Yeah, you're blind, but there's no full moon." And then he's like, "There's plenty of things you don't know about me." And then something like that. And then he knocks her out. And then he puts her, wraps her in rope. There's always quality rope around somewhere. Um, <laughs> and then he puts her in the car. It's hemp rope from Cabbage and, uh, Corp. Yeah. And again, like Kyoshi, the the breath of fire deal. Like remember in, in the novel, um, Kyoshi like threw the fire. The the she breathed. That was the first time fire bending. She breathed fire at at uh, at her person. Mm-hmm. There's one person who hasn't read Kyoshi novels that listens to this podcast. I don't want to get too much away about it. I also um, don't remember it because I've only read each one of them once. I don't remember names as well as I should, and I am embarrassed. But yeah, she plays fire. You can, yeah, I listened to the audio book for both. I read them both and listened to the audio book for it. Audio book's really good. I need to get I to the audio book, yeah. Um, just to support, just yeah, to like but, pay money and be like, please keep doing this. Yeah. Uh, and then, oh, Cora, she knocks her out again, and Cora gets a glimpse of the trial of Aang, things in the past, and that's kind of the episode. There was a like a glimpse into that earlier when she was flying with, with Tenzin, mm-hmm. and she made some comment about, didn't you hear I'm a spiritual failure also? <laughs> it's like a little, yeah. a little foreshadowing to this. She finally does kind of make contact with an Aang memory yeah. that... The first time you watch it, you know, we know what happens and most of our listeners probably know what happens. But like the first time you watch it, you're just a little bit like, why is it like, is there a reason for this memory? Because it doesn't feel like there is. But mm. I mean, I was ecstatic see, seeing these flashbacks. I just, just remember little being glimpses because I don't uh, I'm not very good at like connecting dots. Right. Like two and two. Fine. But like two plus X equals four. When I can just variables. That's beyond me. Um, yeah. <laughs> So I just remember being confused, like, is this important memory or is it just a memory? Yeah, I don't think it was, honestly, I don't think it was clear until probably the episode after this one that the the dots started to connect. It does, uh, it jumps up pretty, pretty, but that's, not a bad, episode, that's not a bad writing thing, that's just, no. uh, that's what it does. No, it keeps you on your toes, it's cereal, that's how it works. Yeah. Cereal with an S, not the delicious kind that I'm hungry for right now. <laughs> um... Yeah, cool, cool flashback uh, where they are in the courtroom, right? In the courtroom. Yep. With, uh, I know it. Um, the heck is his name? Um, I just want to keep calling him the gangster. Uh, what the heck is his name? Thank you, Sean. Why can't I think of his name? I'm an avatar. Our brains, Ava- our brains aren't in good place today. Um, there's no t- cancel dialogue. Um, Aang knew how to deal with... Organized crime leader. And his name is... <laughs> um, it's a bad day for names. As soon as one of us says it, the other one's gonna gang city leaguer. It's something with a cock. In, I mean, so the, the, <laughs> the, 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 he's a, he's I, a dude. I don't remember uh, what his name is. So, uh, Yokon. 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 I knew we'd get there eventually. We're so sorry, fans. It's been a few weeks. Yeah. People laughing at us. Get your chuckles in. We did it for you. Yeah. Um, and it did not have a cock in it. Does, <laughs> it had a yak? A yak in it? Yeah. 
did just for Yax. I forget. Does this flashback show Yakon? Uh, yes, I believe so. Okay, so we um, that you're still you're still not sure what is happening. You don't really see him blubbing. You just see like Sokka, um, co- contorted in a sense. Sokka get messed up. Poor Sokka. Still looks great though. I'm sorry he's not as funny as Bolin, but he looks great. We have to read. I can't. I can't make that statement without the all the evidence at my disposal. But uh, yeah, that's the end of the episode. All right. So ratings uh, grab. So audio visual gets a nine. The car chase car chase scene itself was really good, but the throw it over the top was the fight between Korra and Councilman Tarlock. Story also gave it a nine. I feel like. Episode seven and eights of of Legend of Korra each season, I think, are always. I think you, you'll notice a pattern with them. That's always when things really start to pick up, and the story really picks up here. Um, Tarlock gets really interesting. I think, and also, I think the the uh, the real world, whether they meant it or not, um, comparisons to real life of like peaceful protesters and um, and and cops overusing. Uh, their their power and authority, um, so that takes it to nine. Memorable gave it eight and a half out of ten. Um, always love the fight scene between Korra and and uh, and Tarlock, and which I, brings it out. Oh, go. oh, I said I was going to apologize. At some point, I got rid of your percentages for a reason that I don't remember. I don't know what that was. <laughs> it was just like a one episode, and I forgot to put them back in. But remember, Chris's are weighted. Uh, 8.9 out of 10 solid red um, mine was very close I did 8.5 on visual uh, audio visual I did I docked I, I a little bit off the fight scene because I was mad at Cora and I admit that's coming from a place of hurt come on Cora lock it up <laughs> uh, but it's really good the fight scene is really good the chase scene is very good uh, you know the first half of the episodes maybe not super interesting audio visual but it's all good story is great and as i mentioned in my hopefully seemingly relevant point from last week that yeah the core gets pretty real um and it's uh this ties it all together you kind of get everything this episode you get a little comedy a little feel good ends on a real crazy note like if you don't want to watch the next episode after watching this episode you just as well go find a different show i guess oh definitely yeah uh memorable 8.5 um we again the first half of the episode like a lot of episodes we talk about it's not like the most in- interesting takeoff but it's really good front to uh, start to finish i leave me at 8.7 brings us together to an 8.8 as a very highly regarded episode as far as last podcasters is concerned yep uh i i did i couldn't I think the nicest compliment I can say is that I've been trying to watch these kind of one at a time or what have you. But when we were thinking about recording a few weeks ago, I watched all the last four episodes. Like I watched eight through 12 because it just it was good and I couldn't stop and I kept going. No. And then when I rewatched them today, four weeks later, I also just rewatched eight through 12. Oh, nice. I know what happened. So I've now seen these episodes like four times total, but uh, they they're stellar and I can see why, uh, before we started, you mentioned repeatedly having such high praise for the second half of season one in particular, because it's stellar. What's uh, yeah. 12 episodes? So episode seven, yeah, seven through 12, all of them great. Sorry, that's like a spoiler alert for our whole podcast. Yeah, don't give it away, Sean. I'm sorry, I meant some of them question mark. 
I'm terrible at keeping surprises. I, I had to. I don't wrap presents ever, except for my wife. That's how I show her that I love her because I hate wrapping presents. And I had to like wrap them all and hide them up on a shelf in a place where I'd forget about them. Otherwise, I'll just give them to her at some point. And be like, I can't wait anymore. That's how bad I am at surprises, and that carries over. But uh, yeah, hey, that's been Avatar: The Last Airbender. No, it hasn't. It's been The Legend of Korra, mm-hmm. Book One, Air Chapter Eight. When extremes meet. Final thoughts? Uh, nope. No final thoughts. Go vote. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> it's over. It's, you know. You know. Hey, how about this? It's uh, over. Continue to to do your your civic and political duty. Not just once. This isn't the Olympics. Like we live here all the time. So True. continue to not to, not just every four years. Yeah. Sometimes not even every two years. <laughs> Do your civic duties and be a be a, a, a good engaged citizen year round. That's our takeaway message today. Um, also, hey, if my audio sounds good or bad, um, not just like fishing for anything here in particular, but obviously I change things around. Let me know if it sounds weird or good or bad, so I can so I can rectify. Thanks for watching Avatar: The Last Podcasters. Hopefully, we will be back next week with a normal episode, but at a minimum, we will be back with something. In the meantime, I hope to see some of you tomorrow, Chris, you included, for some Super Smash Brothers, which I have not played since the last time that we played Super Smash Brothers. I, well, I should preface this. That sounds like I'm making an excuse to the audience. Audience, listen up to me. I'm going to say this one time. is that I already suck, even on a good day. I'm not making an excuse. It's more like a warning to Chris that it might be a waste of his time. But, uh, yeah, looking forward to it. All right, details in the comments. Thanks for listening. This has been Avatar The Last Podcasters. That's Chris Ford, a.k.a. The Objective Geek of YouTube and Twitter. My name's Sean Shaler. Thank you so much for all of your support and following and whatnot, and we'll see you next week. You have a lot of faith that I'm actually going to mute it, and I didn't. I'm still on. I didn't mute it right. All right, audience. You heard me talking. It's because Chris is making noise. I'm not cutting this out. I hope you enjoyed it. Thanks, guys.